I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent, I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts for cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Cloud Consultants Show, episode number 472. Today's topic is closing high quality B2B clients automatically. That's right automatically. And you're going to really learn four key things. One is why cold email is working. And if you're not doing it, what you're really missing out on. The second is how to get qualified lists to go and prospect. And Alex gives a great little summary of Upwork and how to do that. Third is how using AI will take the headache out of you doing all the scripts, the follow-ups, when to send them, et cetera. You know, why not learn from billion-dollar campaigns and then apply it? And the third is the three C's of creating a message, which is fantastic. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. And I hope you love what you're hearing. You're going to subscribe. And also, please check out all of our solo shows as well. And it's really for cloud consults, so it's dedicated for you. So if you're a cloud consultant, you're in the right space. If you're a regular, thanks for listening. But why don't you tell me? Send it to paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. Let me know that you listen. And also, let me know what topics you'd like me to cover. And there'll be a summary because Alex gives lots of great content. There'll be a summary in the show notes. Plus, there'll be a full transcript available at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. But before we interview Alex, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective, the world's only revenue-focused cloud consultants group. It's peers answering questions or peers much better than YouTube and Google. Why don't you go check it out yourself? If you don't believe me, just go to thecloudconsultantscollective.com to join for free today. And the other is the Workflow Academy. Are your top performers feeling overwhelmed by their workload? Do you worry that their performance will suffer or that even worse, they'll leave the company? We have an innovative solution to help you. We've partnered with Workflow Academy, provide you with highly trained junior talent who can support your top performers and ensure your team stays on track. To learn more about this game-changing solution, just visit paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash WFA today and let us help you support your top talent and achieve your business goals. So our guest today is Alex. He's the founder of Omni.us and also x27marketing.com. He's been in the digital marketing space for over 15 years now, even though he doesn't look like it. And he went from zero SaaS to five SaaS exits in 2023. And he's generated over $100 million in revenue for clients. Along with being an entrepreneur, he also creates weekly YouTube videos that educates agency owners on how to expand the business and generate more income by showing them ways to enhance their B2B cycles and implement inbound marketing strategies. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Alex Berman from Omni.us. Brilliant to have you here, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. I'm excited. Yeah, same here. So look, I, I heard you on a a podcast, I tracked you down, we had a call and I was like, I've got to get this guy in front. And look, for all of you listening, you know, it depends when you're listening, this is going to come out in the end of May. 
2023, but I know that some of the features set that we're going to talk about will be coming out sort of in the middle of the year. It's really in beta at the moment, but it's a fantastic beta and we've been using it and I recommend that you at least try it. But um, that's sort of the nutshell. But if we go back to the umbrella, which is cold email, right? There's so many people that uh, just keep telling me that cold email doesn't work. Cold email's dead. Now we've post-COVID, we want more relationships. We don't want to be spammed. All of these myths that are out there around cold email. Give me your perspective on why. Now, obviously, there's a reason why you chose to build Omni.us, but tell us why you've uh, chosen to go down the, the cold email or, or more important, I suppose, the cold outreach path. The easiest, best, fastest, and cheapest way to reach anybody is the email. And, and the way that I think about it is, where are you all day? You know, every office, you're going there first thing in the morning, you're opening up your email. Midday, before lunch, you're opening up your email. At lunch, you're checking your email. After work, you're checking your email. So it's still very much in use. People say that cold email is dead, and yet they all use email. So what is dead is the spammy tactics. If you're not going to be able to get into primary, and if you're blasting out messages that aren't unique, that aren't tailored to specific people, sure, you're just not going to get in the inbox. But if you send a good tailored email to a person that wants to buy and you sell them something that they want to buy, of course, they're going to respond. I respond to cold emails all the time. And we've seen this data across people. You know, our YouTube channel now is over 100,000 subs, all people learning cold email. And they send me stats all the time. Like, hey, Alex, I just sent out 3000 emails and booked 300 meetings. Or like, hey, Alex, we just made a million dollars off this cold email. Camp. So I'm seeing it. So to say that it's dead is just incorrect. One, but two, I would say before you would declare any channel dead, I would listen to what the experts in that channel have to say and then test and, and implement what they have to say. Give it its best shot because everyone's been saying everything is dead. Since I started cold email, I've been cold emailing now for eight, nine years. Since I started it, people say that it's dead. And I've gone through waves of everything being dead. Content marketing is dead. SEO is dead. Facebook ads are dead. And guess what? People are making millions, if not tens of millions of dollars a year using all of these tactics everywhere in the industry. Well, I remember when... Uh 1993, when I worked at Coca-Cola, when I first started, they said that there'll be no more corner small shops, right? Mum and pop shops, whatever you want to call them in your country, they won't exist, right? And there's still plenty of them today, right? So yeah, I, I agree that uh, it's the case. And and look, for me, I might be in the minority. I actually have someone that completely manages my inbox, right? And if something's good, it still comes through and I'll reply by email, but I'm not sitting in my inbox all day. How many of B2B, we're mainly doing B2B businesses, are people mainly still organizing their own inbox? It depends on who you're targeting. So if you're doing a bottom-up sales approach, which means like for our SaaS, uh, there's a couple different things we can do. We can either sell to the SDRs, so directly to the sales development reps or the marketing managers directly, or we can start sending to the, uh, the CEOs and the directors of sales. CEOs, directors of sales, SDR. Now, what I found is SDRs manage their own inboxes. Directors of sales are where you get into the issue of like, oh, these guys are too busy, they're not going to respond. But CEOs want to respond to the valuable messages. So one thing people get wrong with both bottom up and top down sales approaches is they think that they need to send to the direct decision maker. So hey, I need to send to the director of marketing and I need to send to the director of sales. When in fact, it's more valuable to send to the junior account executive and have them forward it to the director of sales or send to the CEO and have them forward it to the director of sales than it is to go directly towards the person that probably does have an inbox manager and would never respond to these kind of emails. The biggest CEOs on the planet, billionaires, 
et cetera, are managing their inbox. I've cold emailed Mark Cuban to get feedback on an app. And he got back on the cold email. We cold emailed the CEO of JP Morgan and he passed it down. We booked a meeting with them. TV land, like giant, giant companies, Starbucks, you know, McDonald's, Alaska Airlines. Like, these people respond if the pitch is relevant. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And, and like I said, like to me, you're listening to Alex and I, don't manage your own inbox, right? I think the biggest gift you can ever give yourself is get someone else to manage your inbox. That's the inbox. It doesn't mean that they're managing all your emails, right? Like I've got a folder called APH to read and they just drop it in there when I've got to action something or if I've got to do something and they can't do it for me, right? So yes, we're all still touching uh, email uh, for sure. And I know, you know, obviously with Omni, you're saying that there's more than email and at the moment you've got email and text of the two formats and then you're going to be expanding it. Tell us a little bit about statistically, you know, is it still an 80-20 that it's still email 80% or how are you seeing that some of these other channels are developing in uh, relation to cold outreach? Email and cold calling are the two most effective. Cold calling has gotten less effective, but the reason why I say that is there are databases online, so many databases. You can just go in, get leads for a fraction of a cent per lead, and you can just send, you know, a thousand targeted email or have a list of a thousand email or phone numbers and you just make those polls. Those databases are not fully built out for the omni channels. For instance, let's say I wanted to send a thousand cold telegram messages. Where am I getting those usernames from, right? That, or a thousand cold tweets. You know, I can use a tool to build a lead list on Twitter, but it's not going to be the same as building a list from Sales Navigator. It's not going to be the same as buying a list from Lead Shark or Apollo or Zoom Info. So, just from a scalability point of view, cold email is still number one with cold calling as well. You know, layered in. That's the first omni channel. However. Like you said, some people are blocked on the email address, right? So they're not responding to their emails. And then the first step for a very long time was to send a LinkedIn message to these people. So you go out and you send a LinkedIn message. However, now that's filled with spammers. And I know personally, I, I'm more likely to respond to a cold email than I am to a cold LinkedIn message at this point. Although, you know, five years ago, that wasn't the case. However, I'm on Twitter. If you at me on Twitter, I'm most likely to respond, especially if it's a public tweet, not a DM. So that's my omni-channel. That's where I am. Some CEOs and people I've found are not on any social media except they have like a personal Instagram that has like 100 followers on it. And if you follow them and message them on there, they're more likely to respond, especially if you do it the right way. Facebook, you know, all of these other channels are where these people are. Everyone is online somewhere. Everyone's addicted to social media somehow. Yes. And for the rare cases where they're not addicted to social media, you can send them a gift to their office. You can go to a conference that they're attending. There are so many ways to contact these people. The main thing and the main reason why I like the omni-channel approach, specifically the automated omni-channel approach, is traditionally, like we all know this, right? You know, if the CEO's not answering your phone call, you should send them an email. And then if he's not answering the email, you should send him a Twitter message, or you should send him an Instagram message, or you should, you know, send a, a gift to his office. But traditionally, one, it's very hard to manage these kind of campaigns because it's on a bunch of different but two, nobody wants to write the campaign as well. You know, like how often are you just sitting in your inbox and you're like, oh, I know I should do a full cold email drip to this guy, but I just, what do I write an email to? You know, what do I write an email seven? <laughs> and then what does the Twitter DM look like? And then you'd stop and then you just don't do it. So with Omni, we want to jump that by one, writing all the scripts for you. So, you know, we've done this, like, you know, we've sent millions and millions, like maybe a hundred million cold emails. We've generated hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. And so we just took all that, put it into these scripts, and I can just hit one button. Everything is built. Like the same stuff that you would pay a consultant maybe $20,000 for to build your automation. Now an AI is just doing it 
And it's just as effective, if not more effective, because it actually follows the bullet points and doesn't try to go rogue. And then it just manages the whole thing. You hit one button. If they reply to the tweet, guess what? They're removed from the campaign. If they reply to the email, they're removed from the Twitter campaign. They're removed from the Instagram campaign. So it's super streamlined, super automated. And we're in beta right now, but once this is all built out, like the email and texting is working great. Once LinkedIn, once we get Twitter, once we get Telegram, WhatsApp, voice memos, all this stuff in there, it's going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And that's why I'm so excited. That's why I wanted to bring you in early, right? So I said, you know, if you're listening to Alex, like, you know, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is new. It's the concept's not new, but the way that he's implementing the way that he's implementing across one platform and having the AI do it is, is definitely new. So I'll talk a bit more about it, but just, you know, from my personal experience, I've tried uh, different approaches. I'm constantly reaching out to owners. You know, I'm probably reached out to you who's listening or watching now at, at some point. Yeah, like you said, email, LinkedIn, et cetera. But the other day, you know, I was trying to get someone on LinkedIn and email, been, you know, it's probably like 10 attempts, all different ways. I thought it was really creative, spent all this time. Then I just sent a quick one line on WhatsApp and bang, ping me straight back. Had a meeting last week. I've got my second meeting and we're basically going to do business together, right? And it was just that easy because that was the platform that he's going to respond to quicker than others. And if you look at it like, you know, it depends where, what country you're watching or listening to and where you are, but, you know, like WhatsApp now is really where most of the private conversations happen. It used to be, you know, we all had Facebook Messenger and I think that's sort of, you know, done its dash or certainly I know for me and everyone sort of migrated to WhatsApp, still under the Mark's uh, umbrella, of course. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, trying that. But as you said, the rough bit normally is, well, I find two things. One is, how do I really find the target list to get people to send it to in the first place? And then the second is, what do I write? So let's address the first first. So target list, right? Tell us what Omni and how Omni helps us with the target list. Do we have to create them ourselves? Are you helping us with that? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So Omni has a tool that used to be called Lead Shark. That's now called Omni Leads which is a database of contacts. You can go in there and you can buy leads you know, for a, p- a few cents per lead. I think it's 20, 30 cents per lead. You can build your contact list that way. But it's not the only way to build lead lists. There's a, another tool out there called Apollo, which has slightly older, lower quality leads, but they do uh, unlimited. So if you need a full, like big volume, you go use Apollo. If you want smaller targeted leads, you go to Omni Leads. We can also hire freelancers to build it. There are a ton of different ways uh, to generate leads. Yeah, I found Navigator is still a great, a great. Uh, you can also build them. Yeah, you can build them using Sales Navigator. The manual stuff. What I like to do is hire a freelancer in Philippines and India to do them because they already have access to these tools. They have Sales Navigator. So, for instance, instead of spending ninety nine dollars a month on Sales Navigator, spend ninety nine dollars for four thousand leads, and then you're good. You know, use those four thousand leads to make your ninety nine dollars and reinvest it, and you can have unlimited. Yeah, and I'm sure, so, I'm sure you're me. I don't Alex, recommend the tools that way. Yeah. Alex, yeah, you right. do this every day of the week. You know, you're brilliant. But how would I? So, if I'm a Salesforce partner, HubSpot partner, etc., how do I find these freelancers and know that I've got the right freelancer in the right list? Going over to uh, Upwork.com and you post a job that says, um, you know, lead generation freelancer needed, and then the job post would say something like, "Hey, looking for leads of the following criteria: CEO, company size between five million and fifty million." in the food and beverage industry, data needed, name, title, phone number, company name, email address, website. And then once you post that on Upwork, dozens of people, because they're already ready to go, dozens of people will apply. And then I ask them for sample leads. I say, hey, would you mind sending over five leads that match the criteria? That's what I respond to every single person that applies to the job. 
Then from there, let's say five people will get back. Then you look at the leads, you run them through an email verifier. So email dash verifier, I think it's a lot mail. Yeah, email dash verifier, or any of these email verifying tools out there that are free. We just make sure that they're valid email, then I would just confirm them. Then from there, let's say you have two freelancers that deliver good work, you hire both of them to build a lead list, you know, pay them both 50 bucks, or um, let's say $50 for a 1000 leads, something like that. Yeah. And then one of them is good, one of them is bad. And then you have your, your good one. That's it. Yeah. And so you spend $100 for a 1000 leads. And if you had any experience, so you know, most of <coughs> you listening uh, after whether someone uses a particular software or not, right? So let's say, you know, a Zoho, I want all of a business owners in this segment, blah, 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 are they already using Zoho? Will they be that specific in creating these lead lists? It depends on the software. So certain software are trackable like that. So for instance, HubSpot, you can go through and build a list using Built With. Built With will scrape all of these tools to find everyone that's using HubSpot or everyone that's using Lemlist or I believe everyone that's using Zoho, if they're using Zoho for the site or Shopify or anything like that. And then from there, you can build the list of leads. So, hey, here's everyone that's on Zoho. Here's their names. Here's their phone number. If you have their phone number, here's your email address, here's your website, LinkedIn, and then you go from there. Right. And and if you're driving and can't write this down, don't worry. We're going to have the transcript and we're going to have the show notes. That Alex's great little summary there will be there for you to use. So, that's brilliant. So, we've got the target accounts, right? Now, the next bit, like I said, is the scripts. It's like, what do I write? How many do I write? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, how does Omni.us help with that? So you go into Omni.us and there's a couple things that you do. First, you connect your email accounts and it walks you through step-by-step how to connect them. You can set up your text message. You can set up all this stuff that walks you through step-by-step. Then the next thing you do is create a campaign and it sends you to a campaign creation page where you fill out who are you selling to? So what's the job titles that you're selling to? What is the company size that you're selling to? What's the industry? And then you fill out a few questions. So like, you know, I help companies do, you know, what is your benefit statement? And then you write, uh, multiple versions of the benefit statement from each one. Like, how does my company help people save money? How does my company help people make money? How does my company help people save time? And you do those, and then you write your case studies too. So like, we helped Sony increase sales by 10% in three weeks using whatever. And it walks you through step-by-step what to do. Then after all that's done, you hit generate. And you only have to fill this quiz out one time. And it gathers all the data that it needs to write everything for you. So right now it's cold emails and cold texting, but the same data that we gathered can be used to write voicemails. It can be used to write Twitter DMs, uh, even VSL, or VSLs, or even short Loom videos. It's all the same data that we're gathering. Yes. Um, so that's it. You just fill it out, that whole thing out one time, and then that's it. And if you don't have case studies, there's also versions where there's no case studies, although I always recommend the best way to get new clients is to talk about you know previous clients that you've done the work with, especially previous clients in their exact space, but it works even without case studies as well. So just quickly on the emails, right? You said multiple emails. So is your view with this is you're not using your domain, you're using other domains that you've created. Is that how it works? Yes. So the way that we get around any sort of spam issues and protect our main domain is by sending using other domains. So for instance, for Omni, we have Omni.us. We wouldn't send cold emails with that domain. It's too valuable. We don't want to lose it to spam. We'll send from omniusapp.com or like omniapp.com or weareomni.com. And then each of those will forward back to our main domain. So if you type in weareomni.com, I, I don't know if this, maybe this is one we own, maybe not. It will go auto-direct back to omni.us. And then the emails would go out alex at weareomni.com. And that way, if that ever gets lost to spam, then we don't lose omni.us. But 
Omni also has a tool called uh, Warmup, which is also constantly sending and receiving emails with other Omni users automatically uh, to force the emails into the primary. So the problem with uh, emails, cold emails a lot of time, is you'll send 10 emails, maybe eight will get marked as spam, two will end up in the uh, promotions tab. So what Omni does is you send those 10 emails to another Omni user, a group of Omni users, and they do end up in spam. Like some end up in spam, some end up in promo, but we control the inbox that receives them. So then we mark them as important and we mark them as primary. And what that does long-term is it improves the, uh, the reputation of everybody that's using Omni. So your domains now are being saved from spam. Your domains are ending up in primary. And that way your emails are actually getting to the people that you want them to get to. Yeah, excellent. So with the scripts, right? Like, you know, I, I can hear someone on listening to this thinking, yeah, but once they're all the same, isn't everyone going to get the same and then the game's up? Like, you know, we all use the same formats, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, what do you say when you hear that? Because I'm sure you've heard it more than once. The go-to format that I like to use is called the three C's. So it's complement, case study, call to action. This is something that's been working for the last seven, eight years since we developed it with cold email. And the reason why the game is never up is because the script is hyper-specific to the target and hyper-specific to you. So for instance, it starts with a compliment. So if you're like, you know, hey, Paul, big fan of the podcast, really loved the episode you did with Alex Berman, and then uh, case study. So I edit podcasts. Recently, I've worked with Gary Vee's podcast. He said that the editing helped them increase downloads by 30% in the last year. And I'd love to do the same for you. And then call to action. Mind if I send it for a few times for a quick call? That's the email. That's the whole email. So what's interesting about that is the compliment completely changes either depending on the prospect. So every single prospect will have a different compliment or depending on the, um, on the niche. So let's say you're sending to uh, consumer packaged goods companies. You might say like, hey, Mark, big fan of company name, really love product. So like big fan of Lay's, really love Cheetos. That's a compliment. And that is something that can be automated across your lead list, right? You get product name in your lead list and you get company name in your lead list, and then you can have customized compliments throughout. The second thing that always changes is the case study. The case studies are actually unique for every single company, right? Let's say in this podcast example, I've worked with Gary Vee. Some other podcast editor might have worked with you know, a different podcast, and so their case studies would be completely different. So the only things that do tend to repeat are the calls to action. So like, mind if I send over a few times for a quick call? And that's not going to burn out. That's just the most uh, specific way to say that. Yeah, yeah, great. And let's say, you know, you're approaching a new area and you don't have a case study. If you don't have a case study, there's a couple things that you want to do. So if you're brand new to the area, the question I would always ask a new freelancer or a new agency that's trying to branch out in the area is how do you know you can get results in this area? So for instance, if I'm a podcast editor and I'm trying to get editing work and I have never done it before, how do I know that I'm a good editor? Well, maybe I went through and I edited somebody else's podcast as a sample, or maybe I did my own podcast. And so I've been editing my own podcast. And now that's the case study. So like, hey, would love to work with you. I just edited you know, six episodes of my own podcast. Happy to send those over if you want to see the quality of work. That's one way to do it. Um, basically working on your own projects. The second way that I recommend, and this is what I personally did, is get a job at a company that does this kind of stuff. So I was a junior sales guy at an agency in New York City where we did mobile app development. And so I was doing some sales for them. And then I started generating leads for them. And they ended up making me director of marketing. And then they ended up becoming the first client for our agency, X27. So 
what did I do? After that two and a half years working on that job, I now had a case study of how I helped this agency generate a bunch of leads. Then we went out and we just cold emailed a bunch of other agencies and we ended up generating $600,000 in recurring revenue in 30 days <laughs> just by emailing agencies, telling them, hey, we worked with this company. Here's the CEO talking about how great we are. We'd love to do the same for you. Yeah, so you spend two and a half years at a job and you can skip the line. The third way, if you don't want to do any of that, is uh, borrowing case studies. And what this is, is you basically work with somebody else as a white label partner. So let's say I've never done podcast editing before. I can post a job on Upwork looking for podcast editors. They can apply to that job. And then I can, instead of hiring them, I can ask them. I can say, hey, do you need more clients? I'd love to go get you some more clients. And then they say yes. And now I can use their case studies to find them new clients. And then after a few times doing that, now I'll have my own case studies. And now I can start my agency or just keep working with them. Because all agencies need somebody to fill the service and they need somebody to uh, sell. Yeah. Well, the great news is that most of you listening to Alex here is like, I actually have got case studies. I just normally don't do anything with them, right? It's sort of buried, it's et cetera. So even, you know, like I've got a, a case study file and just every time I get a case study, get feedback, positive, et cetera, just put it in there because then you can pump it into the AI and the AI can then do its wonders. So start preparing, even if you're not using the tool today, which at the end of this podcast will show you how you can start a free trial right today. But if you're not, please start collecting those case studies because Alex said they're, they're so important. So we've got the right people, we've got the scripts, then what happens? What's the magic from there? I'm assuming, you know, there's follow-up, there's like you said, there's sometimes someone responds, someone doesn't. How does the AI then guide us through the next stages? It writes all the follow-ups for you. Typically for a cold email campaign, we don't want to spam. So we will do four follow-ups total. Send the initial email, then send a reply to that initial email like, hey, just bumping this up. Then we'll do an announcement or a big win. This is why we collect multiple case studies. So we'll share like, hey, just got off the phone with uh, the CMO at this company where we helped them do this and we shared a case study. And then, you know, we'd love to do the same for you. Let's hop on a call. P.S. We also worked with this person who did this. So you can send two case studies in a single email. And then the fourth one is the breakup, the breakup email. So like, hey, Paul, at this point, I'll assume improving the editing quality of your podcast isn't a priority this year. Let me know if that changes. We'd love to work together. And after the four, is that it? Like, do you ever go back and retarget or is that, that's it? After the four for your initial cold, that's it. Because if they're not responding to four emails, some people have different views on this. Some people like sending eight, some people like sending 12. I tend to throw that, that wide net in the beginning. And then I spend most of our follow-up time following up with people that already respond interested. So it's like most of the follow-ups are going to be if someone says, hey, yeah, we'd love to. And then they ghost. They never booked the call. Because in that case, they respond. So you have their full permission to just keep emailing them over and over and over again, you know, for years and years and years. And I've had a lot of clients, some clients that have closed after six months, seven months of just following up, sending them case studies, sending them news, sending them all this stuff. And they seemed interested right in the beginning. They didn't yeah. the call. So that's where the majority of those follow-ups can come into play. And if you're using Salesforce, you're using HubSpot, all of those automations can be set up inside of your HubSpot. I don't love uh, HubSpot sending capabilities, but it is in there and set up. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my next question. When does it, you know, typically when are your clients handing off from using Omni.us across into their own sales CRM for, for follow-up? You know, where, where have you seen the, the handoff period? The ideal, and when we did the pre-interview for this podcast, I thought the ideal was setting up the automations inside HubSpot and having those emails go out. As I've explored this over the last month and a half with us and a few of our clients, I found out 
almost all the email sending or all your email sending should happen off of HubSpot. HubSpot's a great CRM. They're a great data tool. You know, they're really good for analytics. They have great news and information, good content. But from an email marketing point of view, especially cold email, it's just not there. You know, there's no uh, email rotation. There's no, um, you know, the, the tracking's just not as, as good as it can be. So I would use Omni for all of the cold and then for actually sending out the automations uh, and follow-ups. You can also use Omni or you can use, you know, Send in Blue, MailChimp, like some of these other ones. We had such issues with our, with our HubSpot sending recently where basically it would send the automations from these mask emails. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but it leads to higher spam rates and it leads to lower response rates. So I wouldn't recommend sending any emails using your HubSpot if, if at all possible. Correct. And most of us, right, we're, and you know, most of you listening are actually setting up for other people, right? But even yourself, you've got your main domain on whatever sales serum you're sending. So that's the one you want to protect. So it makes sense to get it off and, and use Omni for, for that reason. And then when it gets into, you know, a deal pipeline and other things, well, then, yeah, swap it, swap it over. So I think that's sort of the natural progression. So thanks for that. And then you talked about some uh, auto-pausing on your webpage. What does auto-pausing mean? Auto-pausing just means when somebody responds to an email on any of the channels. So they respond to a text, then it pauses the email campaigns automatically. They respond to a Twitter DM, it'll pause the campaign. So that's something you don't get by using multiple tools. You know, if you're using a Twitter DM tool and a separate LinkedIn tool and a separate email tool, then they can't communicate with each other. So what'll happen is sometimes people will respond to cold email campaigns positively, but then they'll get, you know, Twitter messages and LinkedIn messages and Facebook messages, and then the deal will, will die because they'll see that you're spamming them. So the faster you can turn off all those other channels, the better. Yeah, great. Well, as you said, so at the moment, there's email and text. Right now, from a text point of view, once again, are you using your mobile? Are you using a, a cell that you've set up? Like, what, what's happening with the text, and or is that just coming through Omni itself? Right now, for texting, we're using Twilio. Um, that might change in the future, and then for that, you're setting up your own phone number that it's sending out as. Yep. So it's not coming from your main phone number. Yeah. So you're setting up a secondary uh, phone number. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. And then, um, so soon it'll be gifts handwritten. Uh, Twitter, voice drop, you know, they're sort of the ones that are coming. Just tell us a little bit about what's going to be unique around, say, gifts, for example. I'm assuming gifts a physical gift. Like, you know, why would someone want a physical gift versus the other options as an example? Sure. How do you envisage so, choosing it? There was this book like eight years ago called Giftology by John Rowan, who everyone, everyone was loving this for a while and then kind of forgot about it. But in that book, it was talking about how the easiest way to differentiate yourself is send a physical gift because nobody else does. And I was ta- I talked to a bunch of agency owners that have this exact experience. Like, hey, we'll send them even a, a brick with a note on top, or we'll send them like a you know a little bonsai tree or something. <laughs> and I just I really love the idea of that. This is something that is very very hard to set up. Like, are you going to send thirty gifts? Are you going to send forty gifts? Are you going to do the packaging? So what Omni does is now it'll auto create, or now in the future it'll create a wish list of gifts for you. Uh, it'll automatically write the notes that go out with those gifts, customized to the person, customized to the company. And then it will automatically purchase those gifts and send them to the addresses on file as part of the omni-channel campaign. So you'll set you know, your budget per, uh, per lead. So like, hey, I want to spend $50 per lead total. I want to spend $100 per lead total. Because some people have very high quality leads, high value leads. They can spend $400, $500, $1,000. And if you set that up, then it will auto buy the gifts and it'll auto send the gift. So it's it's the same as Omni. You're not even having to choose the gift. 
Yeah. And the gifts will be different when all this is mapped out. The gifts will even be different per industry. So the corporates are going to get a certain gift. The director of marketing at corporate is going to get a certain gift. The director of marketing at a startup is going to get a different gift. Uh, the small businesses will get one thing. The uh, mid-market businesses will get another thing. It's going to be completely optimized so you don't have to think about anything. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And the other one I would just want to touch on is the voice drop, right? What, what is a voice drop and, and how will that work? Voicemail drop is basically when you get a, uh, a text, you know, an audio message from somebody else. So when all salespeople are sending you texts like, hey, Paul, it's Alex. Great to meet you. You know, had a good time coming on the podcast. If I texted you that, it means one thing. If I say that as an audio message, it means so much more. If I send it as a video, that's the next level of it. Um, but I'll actually talk about why that's not the best example or best thing to do. So that's all it is. It's like you want to send your follow-up, you know, say you send two as text and then one as audio, or even the first one could be audio. Hey, big fan of your work. We'd love to hop on a call and talk about how we can do X, Y, Z for you. That's voice number ups. And we're going to use AI. We're in the future now, so don't hate me if we don't end up doing this stuff. But we're going to use AI where basically you can record the voice memo once, and then we'll be able to clone your voice and do something else. So like, I'll record like, hey, Paul, big fan of your podcast. Love the episode you did. Alex Berman, and then it'll use AI to swap it. So then it'll say like, hey, Gary, big fan of your podcast. Love the episode you did with Charlie D'Amelio. And it'll use AI to just change the data points. That way you don't run into the issue of it sounding robotic because you're just changing like three words in the whole script. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Great. And um, oh, last, last thing on that. So the reason why you'd send the audio as well over the video is there's a ton of these guys out there that do like the automated loom videos and the automated... Uh, BS, and you can tell they're so automated. Yeah. So we've now entered a phase where the most believable thing is a voice memo, right? I can send a text, that's automated. I can send a video, oh, everyone sends automated videos. Nobody's sending automated audio. And so that's the most believable one. So that's the one I would do. That's the one you would automate. Yeah, brand. And and will the audio do both? Will it have the audio and the text? Like, will it have both or will it just be audio only? It depends on what the scripts end up looking at. Right now, the looking like what now uh, the plan is is um, it's going to be a text. It's going to be part of campaign. So it'll send a couple texts and then it'll send an audio message. It might start with an audio message and and like that. Typically, what I found is you don't want to send attachments, so you you wouldn't send something like, "Hey, I recorded this for you. Check it out." Although that is the standard practice. But if you look at your WhatsApp, you look at your Telegram, the audio messages you respond to typically just have the message. There's nothing near it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I, I just know for me, like, you know, sometimes someone will leave one on LinkedIn and you're like, I can't play it, et cetera. You know, if it was just the text as well, I can go back and listen to it when I want to. That's great. That's where the follow-ups add content. This is, this, is, this is the last or another thing I want to talk about is all outreach exists in a context. So if I send you the audio message by itself, you might say, oh, I'll never respond to this. This doesn't have, you know, text and the audio message. But it exists in a world where you've also gotten an email with the text. It exists in a world where you can like the LinkedIn profile and look at and see what I do. So the context matters so much in outreach more than the messaging. Yeah, yeah, great. And and the, you know, I know, well, I'm assuming most of you listening now watch, or watching it are using, you know, chat GDP or whatever, Google Sys launched launch their version, et cetera, et cetera. So the AI that you're using it, is it, you know, is it offer a platform like that or is it, you know, a platform that you develop yourself? Like where does, where does the AI sort of um, stem from? We're using a combination of tools. Uh, right now, it's based on just using frameworks and the uh, the text inputted. So it combines the text that you input with the frameworks that we know work, and then the um, 
like the decision tree that we've built in the background. So we kind of built our own machine. Um, as we progress, we're going to start layering on things like Descript or um, ChatGPT, uh, other APIs like that. But right now, it's not necessary. And in fact, it hurts the campaigns. If you ever played with ChatGPT, you know it's not a good salesman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. It's, uh, yep, totally great, totally great. Um, but mind you, it does help me a little bit when I'm an Australian selling to the US. Sometimes I'll say like, you know, take this Australian version and turn it into the US and that can, that can help a little. Uh, so <laughs> for that sort of stuff, I love. So, um, a reminder again that we're talking to Alex Bremen, episode 472 and he's from omni.us and we will have where you can get a seven day trial of this great uh, product in a minute. So what we're going to do now is go into the rapid fire and ask you four questions and you're already giving me rapid responses. So I'm assuming let's just continue it, right? So the first one is where do you, you know, running omni.us, what are your daily habits that you do to help scale your business? I focus on prime tasks. So a prime task is something that you can do to get your pitch out in front of at least 10 customers. And you can increase that. It could be like, what can you do today to get your product in front of at least 100 customers? And I try to do at least one of those a day, whether it's sending you know 10 cold emails, building up an email campaign, doing a Twitter giveaway, doing a podcast like this with at least 10 listeners, whatever it is. So I try to do one prime task a day. Uh, and most business owners can be valued by just thinking about that because you'd be surprised how much time you waste. You know, you spend your time on Twitter or whatever, liking tweets. But if you just ask yourself, Hey, is this getting my pitch out to at least 10 people? The answer is no. So instead, even one to two prime tasks a day is enough to move the needle on your business. And then you can do whatever you want the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, and then, you know, it's a classic, like if you've come off holidays, so if your pipeline's a bit empty at the moment, you're probably taking, you know, a little bit of January and February off and all of a sudden you're like, you know, you're in trouble land. Like this is where a tool like this can actually do that work for you when you are on holidays, right? And it keeps your pipeline going. It keeps those activities going. So that's brilliant. Because it's rapid fire, I'll shut up and I'll go back to you. So the next one is, you know, where do you learn more about scaling your business? I learn a lot just by following random people on Twitter. So if you go to at Alex Berman, just look at the people I'm following. And I follow a pretty good group. I try to keep it very tight. That's where I learn the most. And then there's there are books. So there's two books. One is called Traction. And it shows you how to market your startup. And there's another book by a different author also called Traction uh, that shows you how to do all the management and the scaling of your startup. So the two tracks and books, I'd say, are, are solid gold. Yeah, great. Well, we'll have those links in the show notes, so you'll get that, uh, which is brilliant. Then uh, we can grant you one wish for Omni.us, what would it be? Let's get 3.5 billion paying users on there. Half the world. Let's see what happens. Brilliant. And the last one is, what do you know now? And I know that you know this is not your first rodeo, right? As we said in the introduction, but... What do you know now already about running Omni.us that you wish I had known sooner? Okay. So a startup is only a couple different things. There is the uh, trial to paid conversion rate. There's a number of trials and there's the churn rate. Yes. So if number of trials is low, you add more trials. If yeah. the number of people that are signing up uh, and converting to paid is low, then you have to add more value or add more wins. And then if the number of people churning is too high, then you need to look at bugs and make sure that your tool fixes the promise. And with those three levers, you can just grow, you can grow any SaaS. That's it. You know, if your churn rate is too high, well, fix it. Now your churn rate's lower. Now they're staying longer. If people aren't converting from trial to paid, well, fix that. And now more people are paying. And then if not enough people are signing up, do more marketing, get more people in the funnel. And now people will sign up. There's nothing else you need. Brilliant. All right. Look, this has been uh, an absolute blast. So once again, Alex Berman from Omni.us.
US. We'll have all the links in the show notes, etc. But uh, congratulations. And this will be going out on the 30th of May. So a lot of the features that you spoke about are in with the pace that you go. Some of them will already be on the platform by then. But what you can do is actually go right now to Omni.us and get a seven-day trial. And then the brilliant thing with, think of all the disparate tools you've got at the moment. For this cold outreach, you can bring them all in under one umbrella and it's $49 USD at the moment. So uh, hopefully it'll be that when this goes live. But uh, yeah, look, it's a brilliant tool. My team have really enjoyed using it. And I think, you know, this is something that if you're also selling in sales strategy, you know, coupled with the platform, but you're selling in sales strategy, this is a great tool to add to your mix as well. That complements your HubSpot, complements your Salesforce, complements your Zoho, complements other tools that you've got. So uh, Alex, uh, absolute pleasure having you on today. Thanks for having me, Paul. What a great interview with Alex, right? How's his energy and the vision that he's got for the company? But more importantly, he's just making it so much easier for you to do something that a lot of people put off because it is clumsy, it's difficult, right? And I think he's three C's and the way he's doing his print. You can get a seven-day trial. And also after that, you can sign up for $49 a month, which is a steal at omni.us. All the links will be in the show notes. Uh, why don't you share what you learned from Alex? You know, it might be the Upwork process, might be the three C's, whatever it is. Uh, take a photo, share it on LinkedIn, as he said he's there, and also share it on Twitter as well, because he loves being on that platform. And why not share it with peers, right? I'm sure that your friends and the people in the industry haven't got an abundance of leads, right? This is a great way to start creating those. So please share it with them. They'll think you're a rock star. Once again, check out the solo shows. And if you're scaling your cloud consulting business and want to see a blueprint, right, of how to do that, what's worked well, basically created by others that have gone before you, go and have a look at that. It's paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint to get your free copy today. And as always, take action to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life more. Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. It is now time for action. Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.